Hello all and welcome back to the Ascent Cycling Podcast for the daily recap number 21 and final recap of this Giro d'Italia following today's time trial between Senago and Milano, a time trial that saw the win once again of Pipo Gana winning the inaugural and closing time trial of this Giro. But first, Joe, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Guillaume. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely ecstatic. And why is that? Well, I mean... It's the final day of the Giro. We've had a great race. I've had a great evening. We're wearing some stupendous shirts. Has to be mentioned. The shirt shake today is unreal, right? We've got Joe with the Italian reversed colours. Uh, and me just with, you know. An unreal shirt. My natural flow. Just an yeah, exactly. Shirt on your end. It, and we've got the shades because we've had, uh, once again, an unbelievable race. And it just. Too much, too much brightness in that stage. There certainly was. I mean, and that was coming mainly from Pippo Ganna in his White World Champions jersey. He was absolutely motoring along, seemingly cruising to the stage win, but just 2K from the line, a back wheel puncture, and he had to change his bike, cost him probably upwards of 15, 20 seconds, do you think, Guillaume, in the end? So um, he, took probably. The, he took the lead at that point, but he still had the likes of Cavagna and Afini to come. So, um it was a it was a tense, I think, finish for for Ghana to this to this Jared Italia. It was, but I think it would have been it would not have been relatable with this Jared to have a time trial without a single issue. Uh, we've had, I mean, Filippo Ghana uh, having a puncture, but we had your your pick for the day, Remy Cavagna, on his way to taking his first win on the Grand Tour on this Jared, sorry, and then he crashed. Oh, I was getting excited. I mean, I felt terrible for Ghana. He obviously was the strongest here today. Your pick to win. Your pick to crown yourself as the prediction game champion. I had to go for a differential. I had to go for Remy. And he looked to be flying into that final kilometre, but he was just going too fast for his own good. And I think he he, for, he forgot that corner was there. He had no chance of making that corner. Like It's not like he slightly missed his line. He just went straight on. Yeah, you did. You did. He just remembered there was... Uh, a bend, a left bend, but then there's another corner and he just didn't take it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he loses sadly this time trial, therefore makes you lose the predictions, um, meaning that it's going to be a full one resounding win uh, from us after today's double points finish, obviously. Uh, but if we take a look at the rest of the top five today, or the top 10, sorry, in third place, we had Eduardo Affini, who you uh, had picked for third. Matteo Sobrero in fourth position. We have to talk about him because he was on his way to getting his first ever Grand Tour podium. And in that same couple of corners as Remy Cavagna, probably the corner just after, he got massively blocked by the FDG Tim Carr and loses on the podium for two seconds. So, oh, sorry, for one second. So he will be um, kicking himself for that. And he's also actually kicked the FDG car for that. Um, fifth place, Joel Almeida. Um, we'll take a look at what it means for the GC. And then uh, running up the top 10, we've got Max Valscheid, Alberto Betiol, Jan Tratnik, Jani Moskorn, and Ilio Kaiser in P10. Yeah, really surprising to see him in the top 10, but nice to see as well. But yeah, let's bring it back to the podium places. Like you said, Cavagna, 12 seconds behind Ghana. We have Afini, 13 seconds behind. Matteo Sobrero, 14 seconds behind. Misses out on the podium. Misses out in second place by two seconds as well. And I think the FDJ team car have a lot to say right now because... If you take a look at it, he is massively impeded by that team car heading into the final corner. He was mad at the time. He signals them, sprinted to the line. And, you know, this is a big result for Sobrero at his home Grand Tour. I think just his second Grand Tour that he has started in his entire career. 24 years old. 
And for him to claim a podium position here would have been a massive result for him. He's still put in a brilliant performance here. But I am gutted for the guy. And I really think this is just, just not on, really, from FDJ. I tend to agree. The one thing I'll say, though, uh, in to try and not defend FDJ necessarily, but potentially to take some of the blame away, the end was quite narrow. And I just don't think that the cars should have been allowed in that portion. Whether it was FDJ, I just think the cars should have left uh, with 1K to go because... I don't think they, they really had any kind of um, of impact in that final kilometer. It was twisty corners, narrow roads. I think it should have been up to the riders and a few motorbikes for the cameras, obviously. But yeah, the, the FDG car didn't have much space to to go either. But they probably should have like tried to do better to um to try and not impede Mato Sobaro, who misses out, as we said, on his first ever Grand Tour podium. Yeah, for sure. Maybe unfair of me to blame Soli FDJ. Maybe the Giro organisers should have pulled the team cars back when they can see there's three riders, I think, heading into that final stretch altogether. They've got to do something about that, especially when Sobrero, he's a stage contender with his first splits. They've got to got to put him out there. If that was Pippo Ganna, can you imagine the drama that would have caused? I think the car would not have been able to leave Italy. No, they'd have been they'd be stuck in Milan and bad things would have happened to, to that car for sure. But um anyway, moving on from that sour note for Sobrero and Astana Premier Tech, the GC was decided today, Guillaume. And yeah, there's not really too much movement in the top ten, especially at the top end of it. Of course, Egan Bernal has held on to win his first Giro d'Italia. One minute and twenty-nine seconds is his gap in the end to Damiano Caruso, who again was a three-week race. Damiano Caruso has had Simon Yates. I think he was uh, on his holidays a little bit today. Um, he, he'd finished mentally, I think, already. He drops the four minutes, 15 back, but does finish third on the podium. And then, Guillaume, further back, we did have some some big movement, I think, in the top 10. We did. Then we did. Um, I mean, we've got Vlasov, who manages to maintain his P4. Then P5, we have a tie between two riders, I mean, a tie after more than 86 hours and over 3,000 kilometers of racing is rather spectacular. But we've got Dan Martinez, who edges Joao Almeida for P5, meaning that we'll have two riders from Ineos, two Colombians from the top five. Joao Almeida is in sixth position, uh, I believe 7 minutes 24 as well, mm-hmm. uh, behind uh, Egan Bernal. P7, Romain Bardet, who loses two positions today. And then P8, probably like a bit of a disappointment today in Hugh Carthy, if I'm being honest. I expected him to at least be able to get Roman Bardet. Uh, and then no changes for 9th and 10th, respectively, with Tobias Ross and Daniel Martin. Yeah, for sure. I think Bardet can be very happy with that time trial today. He was 31st on the time trial. Definitely lost uh, or limited his losses compared to how I thought he would ride. And he finished ahead mm-hmm. of Hugh Carthy as well on the time trial. Like you say, uh, Carthy probably would have expected or hoped to gain that pace from Bardet. But Bardet, I think he, he can be really happy with this race overall. But looking at Joao Almeida, he misses out on the top five place, three and a half thousand kilometers. And to be on the same time in the top 10, is just absurd. But um, yeah, Almeida, it's been a race of ups and downs, really. A race of two halves, really, for him. He was nowhere in the first week. Pretty anonymous tied to Remco in the second week, losing time with him. And then the third week, he's absolutely exploded into one of the best riders in the race. Where do you think, Guillaume, Joao Almeida would have finished if, one, he didn't lose the time, the four minutes in stage four to Sestler, and if he then wasn't tied to Remco as well? Mm, I mean, with with ifs and and maybes, you can basically rewrite an entire story. Uh, But if he hadn't lost those four minutes on Sestler, 
I still, I, I think he could have aimed for a podium position, mm. probably Simon Yates' position. I don't think he would have been able to get Bernal. I don't think he would have been able to get Caruso because, as I'd mentioned yesterday, um, Almeida has been able to get back into those top 10 positions, to get back into the the, 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 the mix of top five, actually, because he was far down in the DC. He was allowed to go on breakaways. Mm. I don't think he would have been able to get in, onto the breakaways had he not lost that time in Sestola, had he not been here to help Remco Venable. So I do think that Joao was strong, um, but I don't think he was strong enough to win it. And if I'm being honest, I think if we were to rewrite this story, I would only have taken the time he had lost helping Remco. I think the four minutes he lost on Sestola were not a team plan. That was not because he had to help someone. That was just purely his legs. And if we're basing ourselves on pure leg statement, I don't think Joao had the legs to defeat again Bernal on this journey. Yeah, very fair, very fair. I certainly don't think he'd have challenged Bernal or Caruso, but I think maybe third with Yates, would he'd have been there or thereabouts for that position. Um, Almeida was fourth last year, sixth this year, but I think out of the guys he missed out on a top five, he can definitely take the most promise from this race. He had that one terrible day in the rain where he seems to struggle as well um, in the rainy conditions. But, you know, he's shown again that he is a three-week racer and, you know, with his time training ability combined with his mountain climbing ability, which he has really shown well, uh, I think the best we've seen from him when the road goes uphill in the final week of this Giro this year. But, um, yeah, Grandsor, he's a, he's a real protagonist in the future. Anyhow, guys, that around out our final daily recap of the Giro d'Italia. We hope you've enjoyed coming along for the ride with us. We've certainly enjoyed producing the podcast here at the Ascent Cycling Podcast. And we will have um, at least two or three more podcasts based around the Giro, reviewing the race, taking a look at some of our favourite worst moments as well, um, etc. So definitely make sure you're subscribed, followed to see all of that. Definitely drop a like as well. Good reviews always help us out massively. So that is more than appreciated. Also, you can follow us over on Twitter at Ascent Psych Pod if you want to stay updated. Guillaume, do you have a final word for the final time at this Giro? I have final words. I wanted to thank you for the support on this Giro and on our adventure for three weeks. And... Yeah, it's been a pleasure doing this uh, with you, Joe. It's been a pleasure doing this for all of you watching or listening. Uh, and we'll be there very soon for more Giro reviews. We'll be there for the Tour de France. We might be there during the month of June. We're not so sure yet. But don't worry, we're not going anywhere. Once again, massive, massive thank you. Congratulations to Egan Vanal for winning the Maria Rosa 2021. And from myself, it is goodbye. Ciao.